Welcome to Revival is Here Again with Apostle Goodhart. God is about to speak directly to you as this message is guaranteed to impact your life. As you listen today, expect that God's Word has been sent in your direction to bring about revival, healing, restoration, and transformation. With faith in your heart and great expectation, join me to receive God's Word through His choice vessel, Apostle Goodheart O. Equeme. Whilst you're still standing, please turn quickly to 1 Kings 18. We'll rise up shortly at the end of this homily um, to still express our gratitude to God and praise. Ecstatic praise. 1 Kings 18, verse 24. And then we'll jump to 38 and 39. Take time to read this chapter. This story is, is, is bliss. Most of the day and the time we're living now. All right, 24, 1, 2, 3, go. And call ye on the name of your gods, and I will call on the name of the Lord, and the God that answered by fire. Let him be your God, or be God. And all the people answered and said, it is well spoken. All right, so the God that answers by fire is the real God. Hallelujah. 38 and 39. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is the God. The Lord, he is the God. Hallelujah. So this was a drama that took place on Mount Carmel. One, Elijah Verses 450 prophets of Baal. And one Elijah knew exactly what to do to call on fire. And one Elijah, by the help of God, beat 450 priests hands down. All because he knew what to do. From the Simon this morning, no sacrifice. No fire. No sacrifice. No fire. Our Father and our God, we lift our hearts and our voices to thank you yet again for the privilege and the honor to gather again under this open heavens. We thank you for the journey of the year. I beseech you as we come to the close of this January to take a call of fire from the heavens. Place upon my lips and help me to speak your word express to these your people. Moving every man, woman, boy, girl under the sound of my voice from where we are to the place called destiny. We vow, as always, to give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' wondrous name we pray. Somebody shout a big amen. amen. You may please be seated in God's wonderful presence. Hallelujah. No sacrifice, no fire. Dearly beloved, God wants our lives to burn passionately for him. You've heard me speak over and over regarding the burning bush 
that Moses encountered in Exodus 3. In my mind, it was a typology of the life that God designed for us to live as believers. So that we are burning, but we are not consumed as believers. And what really attracted Moses wasn't so much of seeing a bush burn in the wilderness. I think it was a typical sight. But what was not typical was the bush was burning, but wasn't consumed. So God desires you and I to be likened to a burning bush, being used by God mightily to do great exploit, but yet not waning in his strength, not being consumed, not being tired, not fainting. That is the desire of God. Listen to one of my great teachers. He said, there is a difference between the Old Testament priest and the New Testament priest. He said, the Old Testament priest largely uh, will preach from or minister from without. But the New Testament priest will minister from within. In other words, from the life we carry as New Testament priests, we minister to people. And by that, as we minister, we are in turn being refreshed, being renewed, just like the burning bush, burning but not consumed. The ultimate aim of revival and the ministry of a revival mandate is to awaken the hearts and the souls of believers, to burn with intensity of zeal, passion, tenacity for God and the things of God, to awaken a generation from lethargy, from lukewarmness, from a, a life of, of lack of vibrancy to a life of vibrancy. This is the very intention for God, especially as we draw nearer to the end of the age, the last of the last days. He is coming for a bride that is full of passion, full of desire, full of zest and zeal. A bride that is burning red hot. That is what Jesus is coming for. Whilst it is a state of spiritual normalcy, for anybody who is really born again, truly born again, to be on fire, it becomes a misnomer to find a believer who is a believer, child of God, but lacking true fire, lacking true zeal, lacking true passion for God and the things of God. Yet this seems to be perhaps a great situation or circumstance with many people who are in church today. You've heard me say over and over again, it is possible to be in church, clapping, jumping, dancing, singing, but lack the possibility of being in touch with the Holy Ghost, in touch with what God is doing per time. And it ought not to be so at all. We ought to be in church at the same time, be in touch with the fire of the Holy Ghost. The Bible declares in Ephesians 5.14, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Now, now this is the Spirit speaking through Apostle Paul to the church at Ephesus. That means this was a New Testament church. Just like Colossae, Galatians, uh, Philippians, Ephesus, this was the church. Sp supposedly alive. But he says to that church, wherefore he said, Awake thou that sleepest, 
and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. So it is possible to be in a church, in a New Testament church, and be likened as one, number one, who is asleep. Number two, one who is dead. And God is saying, if you are in that state, you need to arise. You need to awake that Christ may give you light. Isaiah 60 verse 1 says, Arise and shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Before you can shine, you must arise. And that is the assignment of the revival mandate. To speak to the degree and intent that believers, not believers in church, will begin to awaken with the fire they were designed to carry in their day and their age. Arise and shine for thy light is come. Beloved, the scriptures of the Bible places tremendous weight of import on believers who are born again but they lack fire. In fact, ironically, God seems to be more quote-unquote concerned with believers who are born again but not set ablaze than unbelievers who are not born again. I'll give you a Bible. To the church in Laodicea, the angel spoke in Revelation 3.15. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I, I would thou wert cold or hot. All right. God is saying, my preference is that you are either cold or hot. Not cold and hot. Right? It's my preference for you. And I'll show you, tell you why. So, then because thou art lukewarm, that means you're not cold. You're not hot. I can't quite define where you are. I'd rather you're either hot, born again, or cold. You don't even know me. I can deal with you better if you don't know Christ. But I'm confused, quote unquote. God is never confused. I'm just trying to present a point, right? I don't understand you. He understands all things. Yeah. But when you are neither hot nor cold, he can't deal. This is the result. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will warm you up. I'll make you cold. I will spew you out of my mouth. Mercy man. So it's a paradox to know God or to profess you know God but lack fire. This is a serious stuff. The implication of this statement is quite frightening because we're comparing an unsaved person we call unbeliever versus a saved person presumably Believer, but lacks fire. And God said, my preference will be the believer who is on fire or the unbeliever who is cold that doesn't know me. Huh. It's, it's quite a, it's a situation at hand in the body of Christ. Wow. Beloved, as we survey 
the church today. And when I mean the church, not just a local assembly, but the body of Christ generally across the length and the breadth of the earth, the nation of the world. We find a very, very challenging situation. Very challenging. And it's a challenge with believers who have come into a state of lukewarmness. A state of lacking fire. A state of grave compromise with the world system. And the story was told about the frog. You know the story, I presume. Was put in a kettle, cold water. And then put under the gas burner. And the burner was turned on. The water was initially cold. And the water began to warm up slowly but gently. And the frog in the kettle, with every increase of temperature, began to gradually adjust and accommodate every new degree of increase of heat. My God. It came to a point where the water got to boiling point and the frog died in the process. He got so accustomed to the gradual changing of temperature that he did nothing about it. Yet, another kettle was placed by the side. This time around, no frog was in it. But the water was heated to the point of boiling point, 100 degrees, steaming. And the twin of the frog that was put in the one kettle one was thrown into kettle two. The moment that frog was thrown into kettle two, it jumped out of it. And the moral is this, that when people begin to accommodate the world system, gradually, slowly, surely, the fire in their lives begin to wane. God forbid it comes to a point where even they cannot tell whether they're in or out. But it came through a season of gradual sliding or compromise. Saints, that is not the church that the Lord purchased or the one is coming for. He's coming for a truly revived people set ablaze for him. The Bible begins to make us understand that we are in this world as pilgrims and sojourners. I'm being very slow this morning, very deliberately. Bible declares in 1 Peter 1, 2, 2, 11, 2, 11, 1 Peter 2.11, please write. 1 Peter 2.11 Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. What's your name? And what? You know who a stranger is? He's a stranger. You know who a pilgrim is? He's a pilgrim. A, a stranger is a person who is not accustomed to its environment. In other words, he has no form of familiarity or attachment to the environment. When you travel out of the country, uh, from your language, from your walk, from your talk, your diction, your 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 heavy tongue, people are bound to tell, oh, you're a stranger. You don't sound like a Canadian. You don't sound American. You're a stranger from your tongue. You're like, so they know you're different from the environment. And they give you space. To, there are certain things you, you will not do right 
they will accommodate you because you're a stranger. Likewise, the Bible says, oh boy, help me Lord, that as believers, oh boy, in this world, we are called strangers. Another word for a stranger is an alien. You are from another world. People ought to look at you like a gazing stock. Unbelievers should look at you as a spectacle. You don't behave like normal guys. You don't sign checks wrongly. You don't break street lights. You don't throw banana peels out of the window. Something about you. You don't behave Nigerian. You're a stranger. They ought to see you as a pilgrim. They see your gaze, you're walking, you're talking. You understand your ultimate destination is not here. You're going somewhere. Like the Bible speaks about the patriarchs of old. They sought for a city, for a kingdom whose builder and maker was God. There were pilgrims on the earth. But you see, the danger with, with Christians today is this. We were sent to the world as strangers, as pilgrims. But unfortunately, too many believers have gradually begun to be at home with the world. You're not saying amen, right? You're not saying amen. It's serious stuff. Listen, Jesus is not going to appear to everybody. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Said he will appear to them who long, who yearn for his return. Why you call that Baba? It's not a sweet message, right? I gotta appreciate it. Says the Lord will return to those who yearn, who long, who hunger for his return. Those who quote unquote, listen, write this word down. They are homesick. Now, do you hear me? Homesick. But you can't be homesick if your home is the world. You're only homesick if you know you are a citizen of heaven. Oh boy. Please listen. <laughs> We're going somewhere. The Bible says in Philippians 3 verse 20. NLT, New Living Translation. We're going somewhere. But we are what? citizens of heaven may God give you a taste for heaven ah, you don't belong here you see when you have this mindset of heaven things that happen to you you know they are fleeting they are temporal they don't move you the longest period of 100 years it will come to pass but as long as there's no real longing and yearning for heaven everything seems to bother one here on the earth hear this it says for we are citizens of heaven where the Lord Jesus, li Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly. Ah, ah. Is this in your Bible? We are eagerly waiting for him to return as our savior. You know why you're not shouting? Because God forbid, this is reality. You and I are like that proverbially eagle or eaglet that fell from the sky and fell into a chicken pen or chicken house and began to grow with chicks because the mother chicken took care of the chicks she gave birth to and this baby eaglet 
And this baby eagle never knew he was, it was an eagle. Behaved like a chicken. The wingspan was different, but assumed mama chicken was his mother. Ate and pecked from the ground. Really behaved like a chicken. Until the day came, they, they went to the riverside and, and they were about to drink water. And there was a reflection of the mother eagle in the sky soaring in majesty and glory and splendor. Then the, 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 the chicken, the eagle that was dropped maybe weeks and months ago realized, I look like that one there. My God, I don't look like these ones here. But you see, adaptation, contopele, culturization, civilization, they call it, made it think it's a chicken. But it had the DNA of an eagle. The moment uh, the eagle looked at the mirror of the world and said, wait a minute, I am not a failure. I'm not an ordinary man. I am the head and not the tail. I can do all things. I'm supernatural. The greater one lives in me. Guess what? It began to fly. I said, wait a minute, I'm no chicken. I'm an eagle. Many believers have gotten so used to the world system. We pursue what the world pursues. Our desire is the same. Vainglory, money, mammon, house cars. We forgot we are heavenly citizens. He says here that they are. And we are eagerly, eagerly waiting for him to return. Now, now let's slow down. Let's slow down. Let's, let's, I know it's a house of revival. How many of you or us are eagerly waiting for the return of Jesus? No, no, don't be not say yes. Because you may be saying yes and you're not really eagerly waiting. From the way you're living, from your body language, are you really eagerly waiting? But we ought to be eagerly waiting. And part of what ought to happen when we are fasting, please, this is deep stuff, is that it, it to create a hunger in us. It's called the bridegroom fast so when i am taken away that fast is not like the old testament it's not what you see you fast for sorrow for sadness to to afflict yourself no 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 no. this this fast of the new testament is called the bridegroom fast so you won't fast when i'm with you <laughs> i'm with you but when the bridegroom is taken away you have need to fast that fasting is a reminder that the bridegroom is not here he's going to return it ought to create a sense of hunger that your bridegroom, your husband is coming back for you. Hallelujah. Somebody still here? Am I preaching good? Praise God. Now, with what I illustrated about the chicken and the eagle, you can identify that a good number of believers suffer what we may call an identity crisis. You've heard it used in different ways that it's not positive per se. But you see, what I mean by this simply means that as Christians, with the DNA of Christ, we're born again by the incorruptible seed of the word of God. That's DNA, yeah? Um, we need to, by the virtue of getting into the word by the spirit, identify our identity in Christ a lack of that will make us face an identity crisis we'll be told what the world will tell us we'll long for what the world long for we'll be pressurized into a mold from the world system but when you catch your your identity in Christ 
you will live a life that will be a wonder to those around you. Miracles, wonders, signs are supposed to be normal occurrence for believers. Are you hearing me? What is a big deal that a human being can walk and talk? No big deal. Likewise, you're born of the supernatural. Likewise, the supernatural occurrence in your life shouldn't be a big deal. So you don't chase miracles. Miracles chase you. For a real believer, you're not running to get up where there's miracles. No, you are a miracle yourself. The child of God is a wonder. The greatest miracle is to be born again. And knowing your status in Christ, miracles follow you. Jesus said in John 3 about salvation, he said, you're like a wind that bloweth where it listed. It bloweth and men can't comprehend where you're coming from or to. You're a wonder to many. That's a true child of God. You're designed to be a wonder. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus understood in his earthly ministry, and we must understand this too, that his assignment on the earth, please listen carefully, let it get into your spirit, was time-bound and specific. Time-bound and specific. My God. John 17, 16 says, they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. Now we're in the world, right? But we're not of the world, just like Christ was not of the world when he was here for 33 years and a half. Jesus understood he was a man on a mission that needed to be accomplished within a time frame. So he will make such statements as thus. John 9, 4, 5. I must work the works of him that sent me. While it is day, the night cometh when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, as long, as long, time bound, as long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. The point is this. He said, there is a daytime for me. And that daytime has been allocated to me to work, certain works. He understood he did not come here to abide. He came as a missionary on a mission. Beloved, I pray that God will give you understanding of this teaching. You know what? When you capture this, you will rule over earthly affairs. I'm telling you something. You will rule. You have, you have a sense of, it's what you call a superiority complex. You know what it is? You now know you're from above. Yes, sir. And the one from above is above all. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You know you are, you are from above the Nigerian economy. UK, Canada, USA. You're from above. And so, therefore, because you're from above, you have superiority over this natural world. But there must be a consciousness that you're not in the natural. You're born of the supernatural. He said, the night comes when no man can work. As long as I'm in the world, I am the light of the world. In another instance, when the disciples came back from going to buy food in John 4, and they saw him dialoguing with a woman in Samaria, he said, Master, have you eaten? He said, I have 
truth that you don't know of. And it says in John 4, 34, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. So what fuels him? Wow. Is to do the work of the one who sent him and to what? To finish it. So as he was doing the work within a time bound, he was being strengthened, being renewed. Somebody once said, it is not hard work that kills, it's a wrong work. If you're working what God called you to work, it's hard work. It won't kill you. It will refresh you, to renew you. Purpose refreshes you. Being on course with what God called you to do makes you a wonder. Because one, people wonder, how do you cope with the schedule? How do you cope? You're simply doing what God called you to do, so there's grace for it. I have meat that you don't know of. It was a meat to do God's will and to finish it. Please, please, to make life thrilling and exciting and fulfilling, identify your God-ordained purpose. Stay on your course. Stay on your lane. As you stay on your lane, the time will come when those who need what you got will come to you. Oh, I've made up my mind by the grace and by the mercy of God, I am not going to change my language in a hurry. People like the man who shared a testimony, they are trophies to this son of revival. You don't find that in some other places. No. Trophies. So, we're going to stay on course with it. Let those who call to preach prosperity as mainstream stay on it. Preach faith, stay on it. Speech, success, stay on it. You know what? The body of Christ is, is, has 12 tribes. You don't, don't kill yourself. Don't be everybody. Everybody or somebody is not sent to everybody. Just, get, just relax. There are those who are sent to Judah, sent to Levi, sent to Reuben, Simeon. We complement each other. But when you're trying to do everything, no, 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 no. Listen. Church, God sent us as a people in the day and the age we live in now to bring a contribution of a quota to the larger body of Christ. What is that? Revival! Yes, sir. And if you're in this house, you can't but desire to be revived so God will use you as an instrument of revival. You can't be here and be content being lukewarm. No, sir. You may come lukewarm. You may come cold. But if you really give your heart to what is being taught and to the atmosphere, you will be revived. Even demons will be revived in this kind of house. So because of the assignment, the, 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 what's the word now? The course, the course, the subject that is discussed and taught is different. To build holistically a people revived for a generation. And I tell you, this sound is a sound of the last days. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Even those who are called to preach prosperity must identify with this sound. Success. Whatever you're called to preach, you must relate with it. Why? It's a sound of the day and age we live in now. He's coming back for a people on fire for him. Hallelujah. Give me three bapti fire baptized. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord, somebody. All right, a few more minutes to go. Ah, so please, I want to emphasize again, very important, very important. Guess what? We are transient. That means we are moving. Oh boy. I want you to get this. Genesis 11, 31, 32. Pay careful attention. 
Pay careful attention. Your spirit has been realigned. I know what God is doing right now. You're not shouting, jumping, but I know that God is moving in hearts. I know so. I know healing is going on right now. I know so. Mindset are being changed right now. I know so. I know so. In the quietness of the moment. I know so. Hear this. I'll read from the New Living Translation. Please pay attention. It's a story about Terah. Terah is the father of Abraham. Hear this story. He says, one day, Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, wow, and his grandson Lot, his son Haran's child. Please listen carefully. And moved away from, say with me, from. The from means the point, point of departure. From Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed for the land of Canaan. So presumably, I depart Abuja airport. And my desired destination is to arrive at Heathrow airport in London. Is that okay? So departure, desired arrival. But hear this. But they stopped at Haran and settled there. So it's like this. I get on a plane, be a flight, go into UK, and then they happen for whatever reason to go through, for the sake of argument, Accra, Ghana, to pick up more passengers going to London. Then I get to Accra, please listen. I get to Accra, which really is a transit, and I decide to come out of the plane. And I look at Accra. Accra looks so beautiful. So lush. So wonderful. I tell myself, if Accra is this good, why bother? Why make the extra effort to get to London? Let me abide here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Beloved, Makonekesieta. We are a people on a journey. Our destination is heaven. But you see, unfortunately, many have become so comfortable, so comfortable in the earth, on the earth, they are losing taste. They are losing vision. They are losing a picture of where we are designed to go to. And unfortunately, without saying to people around them, they've begun to settle. Are you here? You don't like this, huh? All right, it's okay. Now, here, the New Testament companion. Hebrews 13, 14. Hmm. For here, what is here? The earth. Have we no continuing city? But we do what? The word is seek. How many believers are really seeking one to come? Uh, listen, I'm not saying live like a hermit. Don't move. Don't do anything. Don't do, just live. I will have heaven. No, 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 no. If you're really going to heaven, you'll be victorious on the earth. You're not just, uh, just uh, waiting for heaven. Rapture, rapture. No, 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 no. Occupy till I come. But your focus must be where you're going to. So we have no continuing city here. We seek one to come. Hiya, Hear the words of Apostle John in 1 John 2 15 to 17. Love not the world, 
These are the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life, not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passes away and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. We ought to pray, oh God, set my life ablaze for you. Let me burn for you. Let me burn for you. Just like Jesus, he was said concerning him in Psalm 69 verse 9, that the zeal of the Lord's house consumed him. The zeal of his father took him over. It was said concerning him in Isaiah 9, 7 in prophecy, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth, even forever. Hear this. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform it. Zeal. Zeal. May God make us zealous of good works. May God set our heart ablaze for God and the things of God. May God cause our eyes to be upon him steadfast as we move in this earth as pilgrims and strangers. May our gaze never lose from being on heaven. Why? That's the key to go through this life. I'm going somewhere beyond now. Hallelujah. I close with these thoughts in mind. I wish I had time. In this our story, 1 Kings 18, apostasy had taken place. <laughs> what is that? A fallen away of the people of faith. Those who once were hot became cold. Vibrant became sleepy. And Elijah was the only man standing. My God. And Elijah got into a duel of battle between him and 450 uh, priests of, of Baal. But I, I want to point out to you, just in case you don't know, in the 19th chapter, it was told us that, that, that there were still, study this, that there were, there were 7,000 priests. You know that story? Yeah. There were 7,000 priests who had not bowed down to Baal. When Elijah said, oh, I'm the only one, I'm the only one. said, no, no, there's 7,000 more. You see, but the issue is this. The issue is this. There were 7,000 people who hadn't bowed down to Baal. Listen to this, listen to this. But yet, they lacked the fire to make the difference. They may have been in church, in numbers. They lacked the fire to be able to call down fire. Elijah was the only man standing who knew what to do to call down fire from heaven. And the answer was, let the God that answers by fire be God. 7,000 in church, clapping, jumping. Yes, maybe born again, but lacking fire. They were in caves, afraid of, 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 of this king called Ahab. What about numbers? If you lack the fire to do the needful. In church. Not in touch with the reality of the fire of the Holy Ghost. This man knew what to do. He repaired the broken altar. Raised 12 stones. Symbolic of 12 tribes. Put a wood there. Bible says where there is no wood the fire goes out. Pour the water to make it hard for God to bring fire. To show this is God at work. But there was one thing he did we failed to understand. Elijah laid sacrifice on the altar. Listen, you can have wood, have rocks, have stones. No sacrifice, no fire. Many want to walk in fire. God says, you be the sacrifice on my altar and I will send the fire down. 
John Wesley of all said, hey, all I need to do is set myself ablaze with the Holy Ghost. Men and women will come to watch me burn. May this house be like the burning bush in this generation. Abuja will come to watch you burn. Nigeria will come to watch you burn. West Africa will come to watch you burn. Africa, Kontaya, Kano Pekete will come to watch you burn. No sacrifice, no fire. There's a price to pay to be a carrier of fire. Anybody you see carrying fire, look behind. There is a story behind the glory. Something went down. Time went down. Prayer went down. Consecration went down. Fasting went down. Something went down. Sacrifice. You want to carry fire? What are you willing to pay as a price? Four levels of sacrifice. Number one, consecration. Romans 12, 1. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, the same that is your reasonable worship, a life of purity and consecration. Second huh. Corinthians 6, 17. Come out from amongst them. Be thou separate. And I will be your God, be your father. You'll be my sons and daughters. Separation is a price you pay. Consecration. You can't live like others. You can't meddle with other stuff like others and get away with it. No, sir. Play with Delilah here and there. Talk money here and there. No, sir. You can't carry fire. Consecration. Number two price. Obedience. God spoke to Saul through the mouth of Samuel. That obedience is better than sacrifice. When you obey God's instructions, he takes it as a sacrifice. Obey. What has he told you to do? Mary said to the disciples in John 2, whatever he tells you to do, just do it. That's the key for the miraculous. Obey him. I may not trace him. Trust him with all of your heart. Believe him. Believe he loves you. Believe he cares for you. Believe he died for you. Number three level of sacrifice. Worship God in season, out of season. Hebrews 13 15. Let us offer up unto God the sacrifice of praise. First, Thessalonians 5 18. In all things, give God thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning sacrifice of praise and thanks. You don't feel like it? Thank Him. Judge Him faithful. Sarah, in the waiting room for, for your Isaac, judge God faithful. No money in your pocket, judge God faithful. He's a doer of every good thing in your life. Praise him in season. Praise him out of that sacrifice. He honors that as sacrifice. You are in prison, Silas, and whoever you are, Paul and Silas, begin to sing, for the Lord is good. Hey, and his mercies. Guess what? An earthquake is about to erupt in that prison yard. Sacrifice. Our praise. Number four, level of sacrifice. Your giving, your money, your substance. Don't miss that one. It's sacrifice. And we are in the season that God is calling for sacrifice. Before we are, I see 2022, ensure you have a sacrifice on the altar. 
money, real money. Give till it pains you. There are gifts you give, but it's not every giving that is a sacrifice. A sacrifice has an element, it pains you. A sacrifice is not you giving seed. A sacrifice oftentimes is giving your bread. Something that is costly. Genesis 22. God tested Abraham and called him out to Mount Moriah. To, to what? To sacrifice. To sacrifice. To sacrifice his son. His son. His son. His son. His son Isaac. The son came from God. But God was demanding Isaac. Sacrifice. But guess what? As Abraham obeyed to kill this Isaac, a voice came from the excellent glory. Stop it! And God swore a blessing. <laughs> Upon what? He sacrificed. He said, in blessing I will bless you. May you do something for God by way of sacrifice that will provoke a sworn blessing from God. Sacrifice. And the fire fell. Where? On the burnt sacrifice. No sacrifice. No fire. You want to carry fire as a believer? Sacrifice. Obedience. Sacrifice. Worship and praise. In season. Sacrifice. Consecration. Sacrifice. Your substance. I want to challenge you. Begin to ask the Lord, what is that sacrifice you want me to lay down? By the second Sunday of the month, oh, we're going to engage in speaking into your life and into your sacrifices before we enter the next Sunday into Riha. Fire must fall down. You better have something on the altar for fire to fall upon. I'm telling you now, this, this is for a secret. No sacrifice, no fire. Don't go through eight days of Riha. Hear every man of God, mighty men, five strong mighty men, three amazing psalmists, and then because there's no sacrament on the altar, you miss fire. To fear, oh, God forbid. Help you, help me, help us. And the man is shouting and sweating, yet people will do like they're not here and just, okay, go. Okay, go, 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 go. You're in your nuisance. May the voice of God not be a nuisance to you. The one sent to save, deliver, heal may not be a nuisance to you. Because of flesh and desire, things you want. Carnal desires. How many houses can you live in? How many cars can you drive? You know, you see, the moment you begin to lose taste for this world, God will give you more. He knows he can trust you. But if he gives you, you, you your go-keeper, no, you say this one will kill you. Hey, 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 come. We'll receive strength for the journey. It's halfway mark of 40 days. Strength. First King 19. Eat and drink. For the journey ahead is great. Can we rise on our feet and honor Jesus? We receive strength and we just celebrate and dance and dance and dance. Lift your voice and ask the Lord for strength for the journey ahead. How has this word gotten to you? Can you ask the Lord to set you ablaze afresh? Before we do anything else, please set me ablaze afresh. Let's begin there. Father, set me ablaze. Father, set me ablaze. Deliver from, from worldliness, from carnality. This world that draws attention, it's so magnetic, it's a pool of the world. Let me know I'm a stranger, I'm a pilgrim. Remind me all the time I'm only passing by. I'm in root heaven, and here as a star to shine, to bless humanity. I'm not here to stay. Nothing can hold me to this world system. 
Oh, open your mouth and talk to your God. Deliver me. If there are any specific areas you know you're bound, ask the Lord to deliver you. That man said, I was delivered from, from two things, uh, uh, from, from drugs and from sex. Oh, the power is here to deliver anybody. Lord, receive grace for complete deliverance. Complete deliverance. Complete deliverance. Complete deliverance. Beloved, I said to you, the greatest miracle is the miracle of the new birth. When a man turns his heart to Jesus, you're here this morning, you're saying, man of God, pray with me. I want to turn my heart to the Lord. Or you're saying, I want to rededicate my life to the Lord. Wherever you are, lift your voice. Let's pray together. As the elements are being shared right now. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. On site as well. Same fire. Same fire where you are. Let's pray. Lift your voice. Let's pray. Heavenly Father. Come on church. I want to hear everybody. And for those in particular who are praying this sincerely. Heavenly Father. In the name of Jesus. I come to you. Just as I am. Asking you Jesus. To forgive me. All of my sins. Today. I declare and declare. That Jesus Christ is both my Lord and my Savior. You alone, I will love, I will serve all my days. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Thank you, Jesus, that I'm blood-washed, blood-bought, child of the living God. In the name of Jesus Christ, what a joy, what a joy, what a joy. To be accepted in the beloved, what a joy. Worth more than gold, more than diamond, more than oil, well anywhere. More, I mean, it's, it's, to be a child of God, that is the biggest honor. Father, we thank you for the privilege. Thank you, Lord, again, as your blood was sons together again at the table of covenant. Let the blessings contained in this ordinance be released to us in the name of the Lord. And the full measure, full what it strength, health, vigor, vitality. We receive in the name the open of our eyes of understanding, illumination, light, revelation, and favor. Let it rest upon this house. In the name of the Lord, thank you, our Father. We declare the emblems, bless and sanctify. As we eat and drink, we give you praise and glory. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, somebody shout a big amen. After supper, Jesus took bread, he blessed, broke and said to eat. This is my body. The very same broken for you as we eat. We do so in honor of King Jesus by his stripes. We were, we are healed. Eat with thanksgiving and eat in faith. In Jesus' name, amen. We believe that you have been tremendously blessed by the ministry of Apostle Goodhart Obi Ekweme. It is our conviction that this message has begun a mighty work in your life, and we pray that the grace for prompt obedience to the Word of God will rest upon you. We look forward to hear and celebrate your testimonies with great expectations.